Two hunters are reported missing in Bear Mountain National Forest. The Midwest sees the worst drought in 30 years. Civil unrest is imminent. The Northeast power grid has blacked out. Economists fear the worst with falling markets. In other news, the pandemic has gone global. Welcome to episode 16 of Survival Tech. How are you doing tonight, Corey? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Well, let's see. This week, we are getting into it. It's going to be kind of a blitz show. Um, we're going to get into a couple gear reviews, and we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to both of our hearts, Corey, uh, the start of camping season and kind of getting your getting your mindset and your gear ready because there's nothing better than than to go out and test bushcraft skills than to go camping. And we're also going to talk about um, your little expedition that you and Andy took last weekend. Yeah, if anybody's uh, been checking out our forum page, Andy put up a post about uh, our little excursion that we took to Wayne National Forest here in uh, southern Ohio. Um and uh, kind of broke down what we did, and I'll try and, you know, break down a little more and kind of explain, you know, what how we went about doing it and all um, in a little bit more detail. And it was, a, it was a fun time. I'm glad to actually, you know, have started, you know, my camping season at the end of April. So I'm looking forward to this summer. Oh, I am too, especially getting the kids out there. We had a blast last year and the year before, and... And, uh, my, my son's been camping. Oh, shoot. I can't even remember how old he was. I, I think he was, I think he was younger than a year the first time we, we took him out. We just did an overnight with him. Um, but yeah, my, my son loves camping and I know, I definitely know your boys love camping too. And so yeah, it's, it's, you know, more to come, especially with camping. But, um, for anybody that's, that uses Windows Media Player. Um, there's a little interesting photo that's going to be put up as album art. Uh, if you use Windows Media Player and you can see the album art, uh, or if you have a device that shows the album art when you download this episode, the album art should pop up. If not, you can go to the website, survivaltech.webs.com, and you can check it out. It'll be on the front page there. Kind of a neat little photo. Uh, we're going to go ahead and put the survival tech tag on it. But you and Andy, Andy took the photo, right? Yes, Andy took the photo. Um, we uh, we were leaving our campsite and and came up to an intersection intersection and, and we seen it there, but I had already crossed over the road. Um, so he's like, "Quick, hurry, back up, back up!" So I threw it in reverse and backed up, and we had to take a picture. Yeah, just wait till you guys see the picture. I mean, it's. It's it's almost priceless just looking at it, and it's kind of unbelievable at the same time, and at at also the same time, it's really kind of sad, and uh, you'll understand as soon as you see it. So, 
Well, Corey, uh, do you want to go ahead and, and start it off and let's get into the Intel report? We've got a new bumper, so uh, if you want, I can go ahead and play that and we can get started. Sounds good. All right. Here's the new bumper. What you are about to hear is confidential. The Survival Tech Intel Report. And welcome to the Survival Tech Intel Report. Um, first off, Matt, I want to thank you for the new bumper. You're welcome. Um, I believe this segment definitely needed it since it's been a uh, ongoing piece um, of every episode for you know last several episodes. Um, what last probably twelve episodes or so. Um, so it's, I think it definitely needed a bumper to kind of make it more permanent, make it feel you know at home. So with that said, we'll go into uh, our new members um, from last week. We have one new member, Dave. Dave, thanks for joining the website. Uh, thanks for being active in the, the forums, and uh, we're looking forward to what you can bring to the table and you know share your uh, experiences with us, and uh, hopefully uh, we can all learn from you and you can learn from us. Yeah, I, uh, I spoke with Dave, and uh was telling him about the contest and uh, that we have going on um, that ends May 18th. Uh, for those who are new listeners, um, this is only open to members of the website. If you're a listener, please come over and join us, survivaltech.webs.com. Uh, memberships are free on our website. Um, it, it just allows you to post videos, forums, uh, photos. You know, it, it gives you a little bit something else and and you're also included on any email blasts that we sent out and um it's just a a good way to kind of keep in in contact with, with this community that we're building um so we've got a t-shirt giveaway for our members but the the catch is with this one it is only open to the members who have 20 or more posts by May 18th May 18th at midnight we're going to, well, yeah, May 18th at 11.59 uh, before it turns to May 19th. We're going to get on, we're going to check, and we're going to see who has 20 posts and who doesn't. Whoever has 20 posts is going to be, their their names are going to be pulled, and then we're going to be using some sort of method. And um, we've we've got a couple drawn up. And uh, if you guys seen our last contest video, you know, we're we're going to have to top that. So sky's the limit on what we're probably going to end up doing. Um, but it's it's going to be only open to members with 20 or more posts. And it's for a free T-shirt. Um, all we need to know is your size, and we will send you out a T-shirt. And we might even get crazy and customize it for you. And... Um, We've got a pretty good relationship with our uh, the people that are doing our, our printing. Um, it's just you know as needed, you know mainly for us right now. Um, but yeah, just remember twenty more posts by May eighteenth, and uh, I can't wait to see who all hits that who all hits that goal. There's plenty of time left, and when I talked to Dave, he's he said, oh yeah, you know I'm I'm gonna have more than twenty posts by then, so. He said it didn't take him long to fill up forms. So, and also don't forget, you know, there's several ways to get a hold of us. Um, 
definitely check out our website at www.survivaltech.webs.com. Um, there you can become a member, check out the forums. Um, you can also <clears throat> send us messages um, through our member page um, if you kind of want to make it you know, more private. Um, we also have an email address, which is survival.tech at yahoo.com. Um, send us an email and, uh, you know, we'll respond to you as quickly as we can. And don't forget about our voicemail line. Um, we've gotten, uh, a few voicemails. Um, two of them last week. One was Andy that we played on last week's episode. Um, Hardy called in as well. Um, but we ended up talking to Hardy during the, uh, the interview process. So we, uh, kind of scrapped his, uh, voicemail since it was the same thing. Uh, same movie he was going to be talking about, you know, on the episode. But uh, our phone number, before I get ahead of myself, is 206-426-4893. Once again, that is 206-426-4893. And, and that number again is? 206-426-4893. Hey, sign it on the phone number. Have you ever looked it up to see if it... Spells out anything? No, I never have. Have you? No. But that's going to be fun. I'm going to try it as soon as this is, as soon as we get this recorded. Hmm. Just wonder. 206. No, never mind. 426 4893. Yeah. Now I was going to say something kind of raunchy, but <laughs> we'll go ahead and let that one slide. Uh, smart. Also, we have a Zello account. Uh, for those who have smartphones, um, mainly Android and iPhone. Um, and BlackBerry. And BlackBerry. And PC. PC. If you have PC. Um, you can get on Zello. And what it is, is it's kind of like the old Nextel walkie-talkie. Um, I'm going to try and get on it sometime this weekend and leave it open to see if we can't maybe hit up some people. Um, in fact, Corey and I, we're going to be together tomorrow. Uh, doing some stuff, so uh, maybe we'll have our phones open, and and uh, you know, who knows what we're going to get into into tomorrow, but uh, we'll probably be on there and you know hit us up. Yeah, it's a good way to you know just try and keep in touch with everyone. Um, I've not been able to uh, been on the same time as anybody else, um, other than you know Matt. Um, but there is some kind of etiquette you got to use when using Zello. Um, they don't give you a whole lot of, uh, push to talk time. And, um, when they do, once you end, you should, uh, you know, try and give, you know, 15, 20, 30 seconds before you respond. If not, it's a bunch of jarbled mess that's, uh, hard to understand. Going back to the voicemail yeah. and our and new member, Dave. And what's that number again for the voicemail? Two zero six four two six four eight nine three. Okay. Um, Dave left us a voicemail today, and uh, why don't you uh, go ahead and play Dave's voicemail for everyone? All right, I'm gonna cue it up right now, and here we go. Voicemail from Dave. Hey guys, this is Dave Vance, one of your news members on the website. Uh, I was looking over some of the videos that uh, y'all had on there. Uh, one of them was the, uh, crow, the cobra knot. Uh, really appreciate y'all for putting that on there, cause that really, that really helped me out getting that stuff figured out. But while I was going through those 
tying those knots, I noticed that uh, that would be a great knot to put around an existing belt so that if you did have to use your uh, paraline, your paracord for uh, that you're using as a belt, then you would still have your belt. So it just might be an idea that you might guys you guys might want to look into and give a try. I'm going to give it a shot on one of my belts. Uh, might even send some pictures in of how it looks and uh, how it uh, worked out along the way. We'll talk to you guys later. I'll be listening for your next episode soon. Well, thanks, Dave, for leaving us, you know, a voicemail. Um, we've been trying to plug this voicemail um, the last several episodes so we can, you know, have content to put on these episodes and uh, just let everyone else know that, you know, you call in, leave us a voicemail, more than likely uh, we'll play it on the show. Yeah, um, and, and if, you know, just listening to Dave's um, voicemail, that, that's exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for different tips, different tricks, different ideas. You know, it's all feedback. Um, in response to Dave's voicemail, um, may I suggest, I'm sure all of us have some of these belts. So if you have one, just like a regular leather strap belt, if you do a paracord braid like Cobra Weave over top of it, um, that could end up becoming too thick for your belt loops. Um, so may I suggest this, Dave? Um, I'm sure we all have these belts around the house. I know I do, and I'm probably going to be using this for, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a try. Um, the old braided leather belts that are like, what, six six to eight strands, Corey? Yeah, I don't know. In, you know they're, right. they're like three quarters of an inch, you know, maybe maybe an inch wide. Yeah. Um, that would be perfect to braid around. It's nice and pliable. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that might be something that I might end up doing as well. So, uh, you know, definitely look, look to more to come for that. You know, thanks, Dave, for the, for the input and the feedback. Really appreciate it. And, you know, that's exactly what we're looking for, for from our listeners and our members. So if that puts a light bulb off on in your head and you think it's something you want to call in, just one more time, just for shits and giggles, that phone number is 206 426 4893. 4893? 4893. And 206? <laughs> all day long. With a 426? Yeah, now you're confused, people. <laughs> <laughs> but if they listen to this at all, they'll at least hear it, I think, six times. Yeah. So. And then, of course, you know, we got to plug the website about 10 times. Right, which so is. www.survivaltech.webs.com. Yes. And if you're going to plug the website, you might as well plug the email address. It's going to go hand in hand, which is um, coolguys at Gmail? No. No. Survival.tech at yahoo.com. That'd be it. That's it. So moving on to the Intel report. Mm-hmm. Um, we had CERT training this week. Uh, as you all know, Matt and I, along with our wives, are and are in CERT. And um, this week was uh, one I've been looking forward to from when we started. It was search and rescue. Um, search and rescue for normal CERT is cool, but I'm way more excited for the advanced search and rescue. Search and rescue for CERT 
is very basic. Um, you learn how to mark, you know, houses of, you know, the time you entered, who entered, how many were found alive and dead, and, you know, where all you searched within the home. And we pretty, learned how to pretty do much, searches. Uh, pretty much geocaching for people. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Without a GPS coordinate. Right. Sign the logbook and, and yeah. move on to the next one. <laughs> um, put the tag on the toe and, and, you know, keep going. But we you know, learn how to, you know, search, um, really any structure, um, you know, going along the, the side of the wall, um, you know, you do the entire outside perimeter, um, moving, you know, right or left, whichever you feel comfortable. Um, and then as far as rescuing, we learn different techniques with, uh, cribbing and, um, so there, I mean, there's a lot of nice basic information there. Um, but we got talked to by the, uh, search and rescue, um, the advanced search and rescue team leader, um, for our local cert. And, uh, in order to become an advanced search and rescue, um, they require you to be, uh, NASAR SARTEC 3 certified, which is National Association of Search and Rescue. Um, and you can, if you're wanting more information on NASAR or, you know, SARTEC 3, um, you don't have to have a, like, classroom setting in order to become a NASAR SARTEC 3 certified, um, but you do have to buy a book and you do have to pay um, a fee for the test, and it's like $70 for non-members of NASAR for the test, and it's like $25 um, for the for the book that you must read in order to uh, take the class. But to learn more information from them, it's www.nasar, that's nasar.org. Um, you can find, you know, all the information you need um, from them. Do they talk about space, too? Mm, I think that's their uh, sister. NASA. Website. Okay. So. I'm just messing um, with you. <laughs> I, I figured you were. That's- and then... That's how us guys from Ohio say it. Is that that NASAR? They <laughs> send up another satellite. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, and then we also have to become um, ICS 100 and ICS 700 certification. Don't forget um, T1000. Which is, you know, training from uh, FEMA. Um, really, it's just incident uh, command system. And their website, if you're wanting to gather more information. Now, these are all free. Anybody can take them. Um, the the ICS 100 and 700, um, those are both free. Um, and you can go to training.fema.gov to learn more information about those. Um, and then also for our advanced search and rescue, we have to become first aid and CPR certified, which completely differs from our regular cert where we don't do CPR, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But advanced search and rescue goes on to a lot more in-depth, you know, hazardous calls than regular cert. That's why you have to have all this additional training. And with the additional training and all, like like what Corey said, with the 100 and 700 uh, courses, um, if, if anybody decides to take them... Um, 
It's a lot of great information, but be advised that you need to carve out a couple of hours uh, for each one. Um, it's it, there's a there's a lot that it entails, um, and you need to stay as focused as you can throughout the whole throughout the whole uh, training session. And uh, you know, like Corey said, it's online, and uh, but but yeah, definitely have some time pulled out that you can just you know focus on it and and go right through it because it, it's it's a couple hour sessions each. Yeah, I uh, I took my ICS 100 um, online class this week, and it took me start to finish about three hours to do. Um, so I mean, there you know you got to de- dedicate enough time you know to it in order to complete it, because once you start it, if you stop it and you close it down, then you have to start all over again. Right. Um, so that's something to, to think about. If you're if you don't have the time to, to start it, then the best thing is probably to wait till the time you do. And then if you do not have a cert in your area and, you know, you enjoy hearing us talk about it and there's some forum posts up about cert, um, check out www.citizencorps.gov. That's C-I-T-I-Z-E-N-C-O-R-P-S. Um, we'll put notes up on these uh, um, either on a forum page or probably on the main page along with uh, I think the I, layout of them. I think I put that link up on the forum. I think you did too, and I think that takes you to to the main site where yes. you can access everything. And there was a couple other forum posts that actually drilled into like the information, like all the training materials and stuff in PDF form. And uh, some of our it's, members posted that stuff too. If you go there, you can uh, take a. It's just like the ICS 100 and 700, but it's called the IC 317. Um, you used to be able to take it through training.fema.gov, but they moved it to the Citizen Corps. And um, it is Introduction to Community Emergency Management or Emergency Response, um, which is just like CERT. It's, it's kind of like the same training as CERT, but you don't actually become CERT certified um, until you actually you know volunteer and take the, the actual class work um, you know, through a trainer. But it's a, you know it's all the information there, um, just like what we're we're taking in cert. Good deal, buddy. And now um, ending uh, the Intel report, we want to talk a little bit that we kind of touched on last week, which is the uh, community campfire. Yes. What is the community campfire? Why don't you tell us what the community campfire is? Okay, I will. The community campfire is kind of what we were testing last week. Um, what it does is we have a we have a conference number um, that we had we had requested and we received. Um, it's completely different from our voicemail line. So please, if you have any voicemails, uh, direct it to two zero six four two six four eight nine three. And um, anybody that's interested in Community Campfire, there is a separate phone number. And what we do is we call it in. Um, we can conference call with our members. And um, if anybody is interested, what it's going to be is it's a it's an offshoot of um, Survival Tech. It's you know not replacing you know our our weekly podcast at all, 
Um, we're going to do it maybe twice a month, maybe once a month. Um, this is going to be something extra to offer to our members, um, which is another reason to come over and become a member. Um, only the members will have this. Um, it's it's free. You know, long distance you know charges will apply. You know, if if you're calling from a a phone that doesn't have free long distance or whatever, you know, so be advised for that. Um, but what it what allows us to do is we can get a bunch of members on there, and I type in a pen. We it starts the recording, and we actually can record the whole conference call, and that's what we did last week with our our movie reviews. So so we can all talk and we can discuss everything from hunting in our area to fishing in our area to you know different reviews on you know some firearms that you know we might have acquired and and been out to the range with or you know pretty much anything you know i mean sky's the limit it's just you know a bunch of buddies you know sitting around campfire discussing what's going on and um so definitely look forward to that we will post it on we'll have a forum post and we will also post it on the main page um, the date when we are going to actually do the first community campfire. So anybody that's a member, um, we will send out an email blast that includes um, it includes the PIN number, the access code that you guys have to, to enter in, and it's going to include the phone number that you need to call. And what we'll do is we'll just set it up for a time. Um, it is going to have a strict time limit, so please be advised of that when when we're getting you know pretty close to the end. Um, it's going to be a one-hour discussion. Um, you know, no more than an hour, but it can be less than an hour depending on people's schedules. And uh, you will know that you know before we actually start recording. You know, if it can only be a half an hour that night, then. You know, say be it because, uh, you know, we all have families too. So, um, you know, whatever we can, whatever we can, you know, sacrifice, you know, let's definitely do it. And, uh, you know, I think it would be a neat tool and it would be a neat, um, partner to the survival tech to kind of get the members a lot more involved and, you know, so we can all learn off of each other. Um, I think it's going to be a great way for all of us to to reach each other, and then you know possibly the listeners who aren't members, um, maybe it'll give them an extra boost to come over and become a member, uh, listening to all the fun that we're having as we're sitting around the community campfire. Well, very cool, man. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's a great idea, and look forward to uh, the conversations that we'll be having. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, one last thing with the Intel report. For our new members, um, I know we've gotten some new members here in the past couple weeks. Um, I want to explain what what your membership um, actually is on the website. Um, what it does is it allows you to not only post to forums, um, you can post to the videos page, you can post to the photos page, and you have full access there. Um, you know, not not complete 
you know, 100% access, you know, change the website, but it gives you access to add your own stuff. Um, it allows you to create forms. Um, so if you see something, you know, hey, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, we need to bring up this topic. Well, I don't see any place to put it. Make your own form. Make it up. And, uh, you know, and, and like, like Corey has, has said in the past shows, I mean, you know, the forum post, it's just, it's just blowing up. I mean, uh, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, right now we have 40 topics and 231 posts. That's very good. All right, Corey. Well, uh, why don't you go ahead and start us off by talking about your your camping experience there. And, All right. Uh, then we'll kind of slide into getting ready for the camping season. And then uh, we'll do the two reviews. And then uh, we'll shut the show down. Sounds good. So have uh, you all heard, Andy and I, along with uh, a friend of Andy's, Brad, um, after a long night last Friday of uh, us podcasting till you know two o'clock in the morning, and then um, Andy had to work that night. That's why he was unable to make last week's um, episode in live, um, but he did call in. Um, he sent me a text about two thirty in the morning. I'd really just gone to bed, um, saying that uh, he was not going to be needed at work Saturday night, um, so the camping trip was on. Um, we originally had five other five people going on the camp trip, but uh, some other guys, you know, couldn't make it or, or had to work, or um, one guy pulled his back out. So uh, that's never fun to go on a camping trip. Um, so we uh, we all met up um, probably around 11:30 noonish on on Saturday morning and uh, had all of our gear and piled into my truck. And uh, none of us are real little guys, and I have just a, a Chevy, you know, Silverado, regular cab. And we all squeezed in there, and uh, it was a tight little fit. So uh, about halfway to Wayne National Forest from my house is where my in-laws live, and my wife was going to be down there uh, with the kids um, for the weekend while I went camping, and she had our Jeep Commander, so... Um, on our way down there, I called her and told her that I was going to steal the Jeep so we had a little bit more room. Um, and just in case we had to you know, pull off, you know, where we pulled off, if it, you know, I didn't know how much it was going to rain or how muddy it was going to be. And I want to make sure, you know, I had four wheel drive and was able to get out of it. So we switched all of our, you know, gear around and, and jumped in the Jeep and headed down to Wayne National Forest. And we got down there about, it was about two, two thirty in the afternoon. Um, when we got down there, um, and, uh, now Wayne National Forest, no, sorry to interrupt, but Wayne National Forest, you should be, can you, oh, oh, don't be doing that. (laughs) I'll have to call Steven Skull. Ooh, ooh, Mm -hmm. I think Chuck Norris would take him. I don't know, man. I don't know. I love Chuck Norris. Don't get me wrong. But Steven Skull can break some arms, buddy. Yeah, but I don't know. Let, let's not get off on that. I mean, let's post it to the forum. <laughs> all right, all right. Make my argument there. Yeah, we'll see who's the who's who's more the man. Right, uh, but anyway, will you uh, explain to everybody 
kind of the terrain of Wayne National Forest and how it's kind of split up because it's actually split into sections. It's not like a lot of other uh, national forests where it's, you know, what, a million acres, you know, right here. You know, it's not like all one clump. It's actually broken out and it's kind of scattered all over, isn't it? Yeah, it's scattered. It's in, you know, broken up in three different areas. Um, I believe they, they classify them as, you know, the Athens District, the, uh, what, Marietta District, mm-hmm. and the, uh, Ironton District, um, which are, you know, quite a ways apart from each other, um, in some instances. Uh, its total acreage is, I believe, is like 176,000 acres. Um, that's national forest land. Let me look but, that up while you're, while you're talking. But dotted within those areas are private land, um, that, you know, that is not accessible, you know, by public. Um, and it, it's dotted throughout. So it's really hard to go, you know, several miles without either running into private land or running into a road. Um, it, it's very scattered throughout the state, um, or the southern the southeastern side of Ohio. Um, and, and the terrain changes. I mean, it depends on where you park and, you know, where you stop off. The where, where we stopped, um, it was real wooded. Um, it had some, you know, nice slopes, but it wasn't, you know, real bad terrain. Um, the one thing with Wayne National Forest is there's a lot of leveled air, out areas. So you'd be shelves going down, um, from at least where we were, um, you know, you start out on top and then you, you go down 30, 40 yards and, and then there would be a flat shelf and then it would drop down another, you know, 40, 50 yards and then be another shelf and then you go down and, you know, there's the bottom. Um, and that's the way it seemed all the way around us really is that you could see shelves. And that's because, you know, back in the day they, um, logged all that out in order to have wood for the, the furnaces that were down there, the iron ore furnaces. Um, so a lot of that was all logged out. And it's been growing back since then. So Wayne National Forest itself, there's not a whole lot of old trees, you know, over 100 years old. Um, you know, it's mainly kind of new growth if you, you know, consider the age of the land and the age of the trees. That's kind of on the train. Did you, have you been able to find the exact acreage yet? Wayne National? Not yet. I'm still looking. Um, I thought I found one. But, of course, you know, it was right off Google. It, it came right up. Um, so I'm doing a search on it right now. So, anyways, we're heading down there, and, and about 2, 2.30, uh, this, we see the storms chasing us. We know it's going to rain. And uh, we're trying to get down there and get set up before, you know, the rain comes in. And we stop at the uh, the park district, the supervisor's office, um, the park rangers area, and to try and you know get some maps and and you know hopefully somebody was outside and we could talk to one of the rangers about you know where's the best place to you know do a little primitive hiking and camping for the night. And of course, no one was out because they're closed on Saturdays and Sundays, um, which doesn't make much sense to me. But you know, okay, it's you know national, you know, government, federal government, so they can do what they want. Um, so 
we finally took off. We found a, a close spot that looked like decent terrain, and uh, it was only you know probably ten miles from you know the main highway. And no, what wasn't even that. It's like maybe ten miles from the ranger station. It was only a couple miles you know from the main highway. And uh, we jump out and we grab our gear, and as soon as we close those last doors, it starts raining. Raining, and uh, we don't get 50 feet from the car, and it just starts downpouring, lightning, thunder, and it's just you know real bad. So we start hiking in, and uh, we're looking for you know an area to you know that make a good shelter and quickly because you know we didn't. From the radar, from what everyone was saying, it was going to, you know, be a, uh, you know, downpour and it's supposed to rain all night. And, you know, we wanted to make sure we were able to, you know, get firewood, get dry firewood, get up a shelter because we didn't have no tents or nothing. All we took was, you know, tarps in our bags and, and that was really about it. And, um, so, uh, we found a place, it was probably about a half a mile or so from, um, from the the car, and uh, we started setting up te- uh, camp. Me and Andy got all the gear under one tarp. Um, Brad started gathering firewood. Me and Andy started building um, the shelter. Um, we had you know a bunch of firewood um, that was pretty close by. I mean you know down trees, and uh, Brad did a good job of grabbing all that up. Um, we made got another tarp we had four tarps total um we used one to cover our firewood one to make shelter um one we just did a simple lean-to um design and put a tarp underneath us um to you know have a kind of a moisture barrier from the ground and uh had another tarp probably about six feet up at a uh, gradual slope um that went between our stack of firewood um and our shelter which was about probably two and a half maybe three feet you know to the top of it to the to the ground um so our whole little area was was tarped um in case it you know rained throughout the night or rained on us and uh we really spent a lot of time gathering firewood um because it was supposed to get down into the lower third or the uh upper 30s lower 40s that night, and, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure we didn't run out of firewood in the middle of the night. Um, in doing that, we got to test out some of the equipment. Um, Andy had made a, um, hand, made a hand saw, and, uh, it worked, it worked great. Um, we'll probably be putting up some pictures of, um, maybe a video, um, if we got one. We tried to take as much video and, and pictures as we could, but, you know, it was raining and, uh, we're, you know, concentrating on survival at this point, not as much as, you know, documenting everything, um, that I wish we, uh, I had uh, done more of. But, uh, I also tried, got to try out my, um, Ontario knife, uh, hawk axe and, um, it worked great. I never used the pick, um, so I can't really comment on how that that worked. Not even to clean your teeth after your your food dare, since you no. ain't the king. Nope. Um, I'll get into that a little later. Okay. Um, but I did use it to try to chop wood, 
And when you're trying to cut wood, there's nothing better than using a saw. Um, chopping takes a lot of energy, and it's a lot of work. But when it comes to splitting wood, I had no problem splitting wood with the with the Ontario knife um, hawk, and uh, it, it worked. It worked, you know, exactly how I wanted to split wood. Um, Andy used his uh, oh K bar pot belly, and uh, that thing worked. You know. Honestly, just as good as the hawk did in splitting um, firewood. Um, so if you, if I think about it now, um, maybe going towards a bigger knife like the pot belly would be better than to go with an axe because you have more versatility on it, but. The axe still has that tactical factor that I don't want to give up. Um, I'll still carry it, you know, with me on all my survival excursions into the woods. It's kind of like you're a Mad Max tomahawk guy, road warrior. Right. Well, I think, you know, if we had to get some larger logs, I think the pick would have been came in handy for, you know, dragging them. Um, you know, it's also, the pick looks like something I can, you know, climb a, a tree with if I had to, or, you know, do a, uh, ice, you know, climb an ice cliff or something. It just looks cool. So, uh. I can't wait for the video on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Climbing a tree with that. You, you'll be waiting a while. I'll have to get <laughs> in a little better shape than what I'm, I am in, so. But we also did some, you know, searching around for some, some edibles and, uh, I never found any morales while we were there. Um, we did, uh, dig up some sassafras root to make some sassafras tea. Mm-hmm. But, um, I know that we're doing a primitive, you know, survival camping weekend, but we also had 4G service on our phones. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, I had 4G service in out in Wayne National Forest. Okay, because I sent you a text, and I said, hey, are you in Wayne? You know, just checking, because it was like, oh, when did I send that? It was like 2.30 or something. Uh, maybe 3, I don't know, maybe a little bit later. I don't know when I sent it to you, but it was, it was sometime, you know, early to mid-afternoon, and... uh you sent me back that message, and you're like, yep, and that's all you sent me. And then I sent something back to you a little bit later. I said, all right, well, you have fun. And then you sent me back that picture of your, your little campfire. I'm like, my God, he is down there having having a blast. So Yeah, you didn't believe me, did you? Well, I, I didn't know you'd have cell coverage. I mean, that I, I didn't think I would either, but, you know, we did, and... Um... When we were walking in there, I used the Acutera, um app that I have on my phone and, uh, you know, kind of got a pinpoint location where we were. And I don't know if I sent it to you or if I just sent it to Ange. Um, you didn't send it to me, but I didn't send it to you. I, I took a GPS coordinate reading of our location and I texted it to her just in case anything happened. Mm-hmm. We weren't back. Can you always a good idea to, to do? Especially after watching Into the Wild. Yep. Let and people know about we are. It. Yeah. Um, now and can, the uh, 127 hours. Now, can you post your trip, your AccuTerra trip? You can post it on social media sites like Facebook. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, straight from that app. Uh, I'm talking about, can you post it like on our forum, you know, kind of with an over, overview of a map and where you guys hiked in and. Yeah, I can, I can definitely try to, um, I know I can email it to myself and I don't know how it pulls it up on my email. Um, but I'll try, I'll try and get that up there. Cause that would be really neat cause then we could use the, uh, bug out location tool on the front page of the website. Yeah. And we can, you know, search around for your coordinates and, you know, maybe, maybe we can get some good bird's eye views of kind of the terrain and everything you're at. Yeah, it sounds fun. That'd be neat. Now, I, I do have that acreage. It's um, a little more than 176. A little bit. A little bit. As of January 2012, um, now th- this will tell you exactly how sporadic this is. The current acreage that is owned by the federal government for the Wayne National Forest the current acreage is almost quarter of a million acres. It's 241,191 acres. But that's within um, a boundary of 833,990 acres. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's quite a, a big difference, you know. So it, it is kind of spread out, you know, here and there and everywhere. But the uh, the Ironton district is the largest, almost pushing 100,000 acres, you know, by itself. So, and you guys were in the second biggest area because you guys were around the Athens unit, right? Yeah, we were in the Athens unit. Yep. So, well, cool, man. Yeah. So, uh, it was about 5.30 or so, and, well, we go back to Sassafras. We looked up how to make that suppressed tea on our iPhones, hmm. and you're, you're supposed to dry the root for five days. So we were unable to do that while we were there. And then when I packed my stuff up, I left my root there. Are uh, you serious? I did. I left it hanging. So um, I'll, I'll have to go back down to grab some roots to make some sassafras tea. So uh, about 5.30 or so, we started a fire. Um, of course, everything around there that would be great for kindling was soaking wet from the rain that we had earlier in the day. Luckily, we, uh, us, we took things along. Um, we started with, uh, I don't know, a bunch of bird nest type stuff that Andy had in one of his packs. And, uh, we started with that, but we just couldn't get it broken down enough in the moisture in the air. Uh, we could get it to catch a, a spark, um, but it, it wouldn't get hot enough to start lighting twigs and such on fire. So we did the next best thing. Guess what it was, Matt? One of my 15-minute fire starters? One of your 15-minute fire starters. Yes! Survival Tech 15-minute fire starter. Oh, yeah. We lit that thing up, and we had a fire in no time. Are you serious? Sure did. See, this is the first time I'm kind of hearing about this too. This is this is great, man. Yep. So, it, so not only do we have a video showing how long it burns, and not only do we now have field testing, now we're also going to be evolving the product. And that was a generation one, right? Because generation two, I've got some ideas. For generation two, and I'm gonna be getting it out to some guys that I know to test it, 
Um, here's the thing. The best part about it is um, we're going to tell you guys exactly how to make it. You know, we're not going to try and sell it and everything else like all these other people try and do. That's what this community is about. So this is awesome, man. But for three easy payments of four ninety nine, four dollars ninety nine cents, right? Uh, we will give you the link to the free uh, tutorial of how to make it yourself. Oh, that sounds good. Sounds like a good plan, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you got to add in shipping and handling too, because that's ninety-five, <laughs> right? Um, and if you call within the next five minutes, we'll send you two links for the price of one. Right, for the price of one. That sounds like a great plan. So you can send it to one of your friends too. Yeah, it makes a great gift. Fifteen-minute fire starter for all the arsonists at heart. <laughs> all right, so we started making a fire. And um, we got the fire going, got some good coals going, and then we started cooking dinner. Um, Brad made some chunky soup um, out of a can. I'm not sure if he cooked it in the can or if he poured it inside of a bowl, stainless steel bowl, um, a.k.a. dog dish, which <laughs> is the same thing I use. So we're like high-fiving each other on the dog dish. And uh, so he had that. Um, Andy started boiling water over the fire. Um, that he got from the creek and made some ramen noodles with beef jerky inside of it. Mm. Um, and then now did did Andy use real beef jerky or did he use steak nuggets or did he use beef sticks or did he use like actual real homemade jerky? Uh, store bought beef jerky. What brand? If you don't mind, Meyer. Asking. Huh? Meyer. Oh, okay. So, I think it was Meyer. Pretty sure it was Meyer. I don't know if he had some... Original beef jerky. I don't know if he had some, you know, secret recipe that's, you know, awesome or something. Just beef jerky inside ramen noodles. Beef ramen noodles, I believe they were. And then I pull out a baked potato. Question, real quick. Answer. If you make shrimp ramen noodles... Yeah. With beef jerky, like steak nuggets. Yeah. Um, would that be like surf and turf ramen noodles? I believe so. There you go. Definitely think it would. Um, yeah, we'll try that with our canned fish, right? Uh, no, you you can try that with your canned fish. All right, buddy. I'll stick with what I had on my, my primitive outing. So what'd you have, buddy? I pulled out a baked potato. Okay. I got in my survival pack, and I always carry aluminum foil. Open up my aluminum foil, reach into my little cooler that I had strapped to my, my bag, pull out a thing of butter, wipe, you know, rub it all over my aluminum foil, wrap up my potato at the poker's holes in it, put it in the fire, let it cook about an hour. By this time, Andy's gotten out his big old steak, puts steak on a stick, and cooks it over the fire. Um, they're all done. My baked potato is about done. And I got a package of Coleman, um, glacier garlic noodles from Walmart. Um, and you got to boil like six, 12 ounces of water and then you pour it into the, the package that it comes in and, uh, add the noodles and seasonings and stir it up and eat it. 
Um, it's pretty simple to do. But I did not use the stove, or yeah, the stove, the campfire to boil my water. I used our dollar store water bottle uh, stove, camp stoves. And it worked great. The only thing is make sure you have a level surface that you put it on. Because I didn't think about it. When I went to put my water on, it wasn't level. So I had to hold it on there with a pair of ice grips, which was not fun because it was getting hot. Um, so make sure you're on a level surface that your um, whatever dish that you're heat boiling your water in is going to be able to sit on there and, and not fall over. Just a tip to everybody. Um, so I boiled my water and poured it into my bag, and, and then I got out my uh, two inside back straps from the deer I shot uh, last year and um, threw them in, uh, wrapped them up in in aluminum foil and threw them in the in the fire and let them cook, you know, right in the fire, right and down in the cold in aluminum foil and ate my baked potato. Well, I, you know, once my baked potato was done, while the other stuff was cooking, I got out my butter, my sour cream, and my salt and pepper that I all had in my pack and and I had a nice baked potato and then I had my you know, garlic noodles and then I ate a uh steak and then I ate some more noodles because that made a really a family pack. You could feed a whole family with the amount that's in that pack. And then I ate my other back strap. So by the time I was done I could barely eat that second steak, but there's no way I was going to let, you know, a good backstrap go to waste. Um, so I was definitely full after that. I'm sure Brad would have appreciated it as he stared at his chunky soup. <laughs> I offered. They yeah. didn't take none. <laughs> so, you know, finishing up dinner, we, uh, we had, uh, all had, a uh, couple good swigs of, uh, 30 year old sake. Um, which was the first time I had ever had sake, and uh, it wasn't too bad. I it was it was a nice little, you know, pick me up before chilling around the fire. Um, so then we just kind of laid around the fire, and uh, I was on one side, and and uh, you know, they were sitting inside the shelter on the other side, and um, heck, man, I was propping up, you know, wood and. And everything that we had behind, I had myself a nice little lounger made out of, you know, sticks and stuff. And wasn't, you know, too uncomfortable. And uh, sat around there and, and bullshit just like, you know, we will on our community campfire uh, about everything. But, you know, then again, about nothing at the same time. Right. Man, that sounds like a blast. We're going to have to get a weekend planned where... You know, open to uh, all members, all listeners who are who are close, and you know, maybe uh, get some guys to all go down and and uh, do a survival tech weekend down in Wayne. Sounds like a well, blast, man. We'd already talked about it, uh, me and Andy, and the guys that weren't unable to make it uh, this last time, and um, they were talking about uh, June 9th doing it again. Um, I'm hoping I'm able to make it. I might have a graduation party to go to, so I may not be able to. Um, but right as of right now, it's uh, penciled in June 9th, another camp out to uh, Wayne National Forest. Well, cool. And this time we're going to do it a little differently. We were all going to meet up, and you know, this time we all rode together. Um, but next time we're just going to pick a point, a GPS coordinate, 
and that's going to be our campsite. And then whenever you get there, wherever you park, you got to hike in and find us. Or cool. find, find the campsite. If you're first one there, start setting up your area, gathering firewood, you know, and and see how it how it works out. We're going to kind of like do a geocache campsite. So it it seems pretty. It sounds pretty fun. That's awesome, buddy. That is awesome. I I wish I could have came with you guys, but I mean, you you had some pretty good weather to really test your gear. I mean, uh, it was what forty three degrees. Yeah, and the next day, uh, we were all in sh- in shorts. Like that Saturday, we're all in uh, all in jeans and sweatshirts up here, and you guys were you know dressed for the weather down there. And, yeah, it uh, wasn't too bad. Um, throughout the night, it got you know a little chilly at some times, but we really didn't have a big fire. Um, at all, we were all pretty much dressed for it and had our own, you know, sleeping bags. And, uh, I had my field and stream down to 40 degrees, um, which was nice. Uh, it worked, but I think I'm a little too big for it. Um, yeah. once I was, I could only zip it up about a little more than three quarters of the way. And once I was in it, I couldn't move. So we're in, I found a position. I was kind of stuck there. Um, so I might have to invest in a, in a you know big man size sleeping bag. Um, then I had bought a rain suit that I put on um, from Walmart, and my rain suit the entire crotch ripped out uh, in about three four hours. And what rain suit is that? I would have to look it up. I can't remember what it was. Um, I think it was the Coleman rain suit, um, mm-hmm. but I. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I so, would. if anybody's listening that works at Coleman, or knows somebody that works at Coleman, um, they might want to start up in their quality control. Yes, it was on, a Coleman. Yeah, just looked at it. Yeah, it's you can find them for about nineteen bucks, I believe. Yep, that's what I paid. Yep. So. I mean, and the, the jacket held up. I mean, I mean yeah, it, it looks nice. It looks like a nice, you know, suit. But yeah, buyer beware. I mean, you know, just because it says Coleman doesn't mean you're getting best of the best. I mean, um, or even you know, middle of the road sometimes. I mean, you know, believe it or not, sometimes getting the Ozark Trail is going to be, you know, better. So, you know, definitely, you know, buyer beware with, with all the stuff that, that we talk about. Um, you know, there's good and bad, you know, in top dollar and low dollar. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. But, you know, that's that's what we're here for. And, you know, utilize that voicemail line. If you guys run into an issue, you know, let us know. We'll play it on the podcast so, you know, no one else makes a mistake because, after Corey said that, you know, because I was I was seriously going to buy one to, uh, you know, keep in the car, and um, yeah, I think I'll stick with my Dollar Tree two pack of rain ponchos, and you know, just you know, go from there. Well, sounds good. Um, yeah, we had a blast. It was a lot of fun. Look for pictures to come up on the forums as uh, Andy and I get some time. We'll try and uh, fill that form page up with. Uh, some of our our pictures and that we took while we were down there. Good deal, Corey. 
All right, so let's go ahead and let's take about about five minutes because um, we're we're starting to roll over the hour mark. I do. I know believe. it's already every, every time, every time, buddy. Oh, forty-five minutes this time. No, no. Um, let's talk about you know getting ready for the camping season. We've already kind of talked about that. Uh, number one, you know, definitely go through and check your gear. Uh, definitely check your gear. Uh, the best thing you can do is get your tent out and air it out. You know, everybody says, oh, air out your tent. Um, when you're airing out your tent, what you're looking for is you're looking for insect damage. Um, you're looking for rot damage. Um, unless you're going out and you're buying, you know, some really super high dollar um, tent, like, uh, let's see, what's some of the bigger brands? Uh, Kelty. I know makes one hell of a tent. Um, uh, let's see what what are some others that are they have the rubberized um, basin. Corey, do you have any right off the top of your uh, head? I don't. Not off the top of my head, I have to look them up. As you guys are looking these up, you'll see. You know, you'll probably be looking right around two hundred bucks for a dome tent. Um, but what those dome tents have is they have a a lot thicker, harder. You know, rubberized basin bottom to them, um, and you know th- that's 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 not you know we're not talking backpacking, you know, tent. We're talking a you know family dome style tent that you know you would you would uh, you know have your family in. Um, but with some of the gear that I've got, um, I've got a couple tents. Um, I just got one rid of one last year. Uh, it was a lake and trail. Um, I had it for, uh, let's see, I'm 30 now. Um, I probably got it when I was 14. So 16 years old, and I finally gave it to the, uh, I let it go up to the uh, big campground in the sky and, uh, and pitched it. I utilized what I could off of it as far as the, uh, the shot cord poles and um, the rain fly uh, because that was still in good good shape, but you know the tent itself, you know the fabric finally gave through. Um, so I've got a lot of Ozark Trail stuff now. For the price, you can't beat it. If it lasts two or three years, you got your money's worth out of it. If you're talking a dome tent. I picked up a dome tent last year, um, twenty three bucks, I think it was. Um, it's a four-person dome tent. Um, it's, it's a it's a really nice tent. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but it's for the smaller outings. Um, when the whole family goes or, you know, we need the extra room, um, I've got a big cabin dome tent. Um, I think, Corey, you've got one as well. Um, mine's 17 by 10. I think yours is a little bit bigger than mine. Um, the plus that I liked about mine is it doesn't have the separated rooms. It's just one big room, but it's like uh six foot eight in the middle. So, I mean, you can stand up and change in it and everything else. I mean, it's a, it's a hell of a tent. Um, but you need to get them up, get them aired out and, uh, you know, start checking for, you know, at, at all the seams, they make seam repair kits and everything else. If it's too much, go ahead and replace it. 
I mean, you know, it's not going to be worth it. If you can get an extra season out of it, get the extra season out of it. Um, I don't know how much the big ones are going for now. Um, I know you can kind of play a Walmart, Target, um, Myers, if you have a Myers around you, um, and other, you know, stores that are more, like I guess the uh, kind of department stores, you know, Kmart's, um, you can... Uh, you can go and you you can kind of play them against each other and and find decent tents there you know for you know seventy bucks probably for the large style dome tents it's worth it you know just go ahead and get a get a brand new one and and you know use it for a couple of years it all depends on on um, how much you actually use it but like I said that lake and trail I used the hell out of that tent and uh, you know I just you know finally retired it but. Um, but yeah, you definitely want to check your gear. You want to check your coolers. Um, you know, we're not talking more, um, like survival stuff. We're talking just, you know, just straight out family camping now. Um, check your coolers, you know, check for cracks. Um, you know, especially inside and outside. There's a, a crack, you know, and you can see insulation. You know, it's, it's probably not any good anymore. It'll probably, you know, keep things cold for a little bit, but you're not going to get your, Get your maximum uh, coldness out of it, and uh, there's nothing worse than you know waking up you know the next morning and you know you just put ice in you know before you went to bed and you wake up and it's all water you know and warm water at that you know it makes you makes you not want to eat you know what whatever food you had packed in there hmm. so that's for sure. Um, yeah, mainly that, you know, go through and, uh, you know, all your hatchets, knives. Make sure everything's sharp. Sharp, sharp. The sharper you can get it, the better off you're going to be when you're out there. Because there's always going to be something, um, like when we were down at Mammoth Cave. Uh, Corey had his hatchet, I had my hatchet, and I put one hell of an edge on mine, and we were able to, you know, slice through the wood, you know, real nice, and... Um, you know, I mean, it, it's cheap hatchet. You know, I, I've got a, you know, believe it or not, here we go. We just, we just, you know, gave a bad review about the company. But on the plus side, Coleman hatchets, they're extremely cheap, um, solid metal construction. Um, you know, using it as wedge, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. And, uh, you know, I beat the hell out of mine. And um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. So, um, you know, keep keep that in, in mind as well. That that all anything that's bladed, you know, has you got to keep it sharp because you know you're gonna you're gonna dull it out. You know, if you're going for you know three or four days, you know, make sure it's it's as sharp as possible because at the end of day four, if you're using it heavily, it's not going to be sharp anymore. That's for sure. Uh, make sure you take uh, several ways to start fire. Um, especially if it's raining, if, you know, you go to a campsite, you get a campsite, you buy a bunch of wood from the camp store, and then you go out on a canoe trip with the family, and while you're out canoeing, a big rainstorm comes, and you had left all your, you know, wood sitting right out in the middle, and now it's all soaking wet. Um, make sure you have, you know, ways to start fire. Um, that is a for sure thing, you know. One of our fire starters is a great thing um, that, you know, you make yourself. Um, 
you know, to throw in your pack. It, it's simple, it's small, um, but we can use it on a survival situation, but you can use it for just everyday camping. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to have a fire here tomorrow night, and that's how I'll probably, um, you know, start my fire. I'll try different ways. The best way to to know the skill when you need it is to practice it, you know, when you don't. Um, so, you know, try some, you know, everyone can grab a torch and some, you know, charcoal lighter fluid and, and start a fire. Um, but, you know, this is the opportunity you should use to test your gear, um, you know, test your skills. So when you do go out into the field, you know, and you go out in your backpacking camping trip or shit hits the fan and you're bugging out and have to camp, you have these skills to, you know, take along with you. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, you know, like, like we said earlier, camping with the family makes it fun for the family to bug out because the kids just think you're camping. Um, so, you know, get them out there. Um, there's, there's nothing better than, than watching kids, you know, playing out in the woods and, and enjoying the woods as you did when you were kids, you know, picking up sticks and sticks become guns. And the next thing you know, the stick becomes a horse and then they're riding around with the horse. And then next thing you know, it becomes a lightsaber and they're Jedis. And, you know, it, it's just, it, it's great. I, I know how my kids, you know, act in the woods and, and then they set it down, and you use it for firewood, and then... Right, you know. and then they get pissed off because right. they just burnt their lightsaber, and they go to bed mad and, you know, with marshmallow all over them. It's a great time. It is a good time. Somebody ends up crying at the end of it, and... Yep. It's usually me, because it, I, at the end of it, it's over, and I realize I have to go back to reality. and Right, oh, go back to work, and so... Oh, yeah, you have to take a shower, and, you know, that's that's always the downfall, huh, buddy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, since this is survival tech, I do yep. have an app um, for my iPhone. Yeah? Uh, that's called My Camping List. It's by the Appinators. Yeah. And it's a 99-cent download. Yeah. Um, I've not used it a whole lot, so I can't really give you my personal view on it yet. Um, I hope to use it this year when we go on a family camping trip. Yeah. Um, but it's you always, you know, you're at work, and you're like, oh, when I go camping, I need to take this. And then you don't write it down, and, you know, or you write it down, you lose a piece of paper, and then when you come to packing, you forget it. You know, you forget what you're going to do. There's always that one thing that you wanted to take that you forget. Um, but it's a simple camping list app that comes pre-populated with 195 items to take on your next camping trip. Um, but you can also, uh, it has the ability to add, edit, and delete items as well. And they have them listed within 13 subcategories um, to help you organize, you know, all your camping items. So, the best thing to do is, you know, grab an app like this or grab this app. Go through those pre-populated um, items. If it's an item that you know you're not going to use, you know, delete it. And then as you're, you know, working in the yard or mowing the lawn or, you know, going through your gear, put down everything you have. And then it's right there on your phone or on your iPod or iPad or whatever it is I that you have. Um 
or another device that I'm sure there's an app like this for it. Um, you know, you have it all there. You can go through and you hit a box and it check marks it so you know it's been packed and it's ready to go. And, you know, it'll hopefully do away with those times when you're in a camping vacation, uh, you know, family camping vacation getaway and then you forget something that's important. Because everyone knows if you have to go to the camp store, you're going to pay three times as much. And, you know, I know that because when I was a kid, I did, everyone would tease me, I did inventory at the camp store, but I was up there so much looking at everything they had. Yeah, but the camp stores are awesome, dude. Camp stores are awesome because they always have that one thing that, you know, no one else has. And it's always some stupid, like, it's a different colored hot dog stick. Right. And it's like 29 cents. Or it's a, a thinner roll of toilet paper that's biodegradable. Right. Like, I must have that. Yep. Yep. Egg carriers. Yeah. It's like, oh, I gotta have that. That's a good one. But yeah. Can uh, huggies. Oh, can, yeah. If you're out camping, there's no better way to keep your, you know, beverage cold than a, you know, huggy. Yeah. The only huggy that I have right now, koozies is, you know, some other people call them. Yeah. Well, um, I've got the one that I got for Father's Day. Um, from Mohican Valley Camp and Canoe up in Loudonville, Ohio. We went camping for Father's Day one year and, uh, we went, we went canoeing and, um, before we went canoeing, um, they said, you know, are, are you a father? And I'm like, yep, here are my kids. And they said, well, happy Father's Day. And they gave out can huggies. So I got, I got me a green can huggy. From Mohegan Valley Camp and Canoe, and it's got the old river rat right there on it. Very cool. We're talking about, you know, canoeing reminds me of uh, Without a Paddle. Yeah. And uh, they go and they they get to the river and, you know, the, the Indian guy's there and, uh, you know, they jump in one of the canoes and before they do, they, they bust that beer bottle, you know, over the over the canoe, you know, christening it or whatever it is that they do. and uh, you know, the guy, the Indian guy goes, you know, thanks for breaking glass for my children play. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's something else, man. <laughs> They're like, oh, shit. <laughs> that's well, a good movie. That's a good survival movie right yeah, there. Actually, out of paddle. Kind of is, man. <laughs> that's really good. Um, I've got an app, actually. I lied to. That she brought. An app up. I remembered I had just downloaded this one. It's called uh, Camp Compass. Uh, let's see. Pull up the uh, settings and help. Um, uh, Drone Assist, I think, is the people that make this guy. So, anyway, um, the application provides a compass, a bubble level, a flashlight, an SOS in white and red colors, so it'll actually flash SOS, um, sunrise and sunset time for your current location, and date. And it also has a cat call to it, so if you're lost in the woods, you can you can hit a button, and it will go ahead and, and start doing the cat call so you can save your voice. You want to hear the cat call, Corey? Yeah, yeah, let's hear the cat call. 
That's hmm. one of them. You want to hear another one? Sure. Which one do you want? That was that was with the whistle. Do you want siren one or siren two? Siren two. Okay. Here we go. Siren two. Well, might as well do one now too. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Do them all. Here we go. This is siren one. If I was in the woods and I heard that, I wouldn't know, you know, run or or go trying to help. Now, I know we're Skyping. Corey, can you see this? No. Okay, well, it's the flashlight. I was showing, oh. I was showing the microphone flashlight. But anyway, it, it's a nice little app. One thing that's nice about it is it doesn't try to connect to the network, so it does save your battery. Well, that's good. So if you're looking just for, you know, like a regular, you know, decent compass, and it's actually more accurate than a lot of the other compasses out there. So I'm actually quite surprised. So look up Camp Compass. I don't know if it's available for, available for iPhone. Corey, if you can, you know, oh. verify that, that'd be great. Um, but I do know it's definitely for Android. So, you know, check that out. That's, that's pretty good. Um, Corey, I've got two reviews real quick, and then we can go ahead and, and shut this bad boy down. Sounds good. Okay, the first review. I went ahead, and I ordered Corey and I, and uh, we finally got Nebo redlined. It's the, uh, it's the flashlight that I had posted on the forum. And it's it's really neat, um, 220 lumens, and that's at 100% power. Um, it's got settings for 50% power, so of course that's 110. Also does a 10% power, so that's 22 lumens, and which 22 lumens still bright enough uh, for a lot of things that you're gonna gonna use. Um, it also has um, an SOS uh, strobe flash. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It actually listed here. 100%, 220 lumens. Uh, you can see that for 150 yards, and that will run four hours straight. Um, 50%, 110 lumens. You can see that at 65 yards. That will run for eight hours straight. The 10%, 22 lumens. Um, you can see that for 30 yards. Uh, that will run for 15 hours straight. Um, the SOS, it will actually flash SOS at 220 lumens. Um, because it's flashing, it, it saves on battery. And uh, so it will actually flash SOS. Um, that will run for 72 hours. And the strobe, it actually strobes you, you know, for self-defense. Um, you know, causing, you know, uh, disorientation. Um, that will also run for 72 hours straight. Um, it's really nice. It's got a glow-in-the-dark, um, you know, tactical button on the back. Um, charge it up, and it'll it'll last, you know, a good portion of the night. I tried it out last night like that. Um it's got a one-time to four-time zoom, so you can actually angle the beam 
and uh, get it, you know, get it from a flood to a to a spotlight. Um, the bezel around it, I mean, it, it's 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 got a uh, indicator ring, so you can you know definitely find it. Um, the base is magnetic, so it is a neat little flashlight. And Corey, I can't wait till you can play with yours tomorrow because I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, got it off Amazon. Um, I bought a three pack of them, um, and it was a little bit over sixty bucks. Um, so that's not bad. They usually retail from between thirty and forty bucks. So I went ahead and I, I picked this one up. So you know, wouldn't see a you know, do the math and all. It's you know a little bit over twenty bucks. So that's that's a pretty good savings. Um, they do sell them on Amazon, where it's right now they're between you know twenty two and twenty four dollars. You know, just outright. But it's definitely worth it. Um, you know, seeing the price of you know a lot of a lot of these other flashlights that are comparable, and you know they're up in the you know, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy dollar ranges. Um, you know, this is this is good enough for me. You know, especially with all the functions. So, um, I'm going to be putting up a video on this. Uh, maybe Corey and I can strobe each other tomorrow and uh, see who passes out first. Um, hmm. That probably won't happen, but that would be really funny if we did do that. Um, and. Uh, yeah, you know, look look for you know video and and some photos coming soon. I'm excited. I've been wanting this. I'm I think I was the one that told you about it first off, and uh, you know it had been several months ago that I you know said I I found it and got you you know looking at it and it's a I've always wanted it and then when you said you're ordering I'm like yeah so I'm excited to get it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty badass. It's a lot smaller than what I thought it would be. Um, which, hey, that's fine, you know, because, you know, this is, this is really good for, uh, you know, a pocket, you know, even a front pocket, and you're not really going to notice it. Um, you know, it's thicker than a double-A mag light, but it's shorter. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll compare it to, you know, something of known size, you know, hold it in my hand and, you know, whatever, and, uh, so you guys can kind of see, um, so let's see. Okay, so we've, we've got the Nebo taken care of. And then um, as Corey was camping last weekend, I went out shooting. And I took my family out. And um, my wife was the only one that had a different caliber than everybody else. Um, I mainly took the family out just to shoot 22s. Um, Wife wanted to practice with her 380. You know, that's any any time you can get out and practice, definitely do it. So, I was not opposed to uh, you know having her bring her gun, and uh, so she got some some good range time in. Um, uh, my stepson, um, he's got a Rossi uh, 22 uh, 20 gauge that he was shooting. Um, I'm going to do a separate review on that, but what I want to review is I'd gotten my son a uh, one of those Davy Crickets, the 22 long rifles. It's bolt action, single shot. You can shoot 22 shorts out of it, uh, 22 longs, and 22 long rifles. Um, the one that he got was the scope package, 
Um, we we did not want the scope on. We, you know, we want them shooting you know, through iron sights first. Um, but as far as as far as a gun that I could definitely see having a use, the Davy Cricket is extremely neat. Um, the size alone allows it to be a very good backpack gun. Um, the weight, it's only two and a half pounds for the synthetic stock, which, uh, that's what my son has. Um, he's got the black synthetic, even though the, the guy that sold it to me, he kept teasing my son that he got the pink one. And, uh, uh, yeah, well, he wasn't, wasn't too happy about that one. He's, he's getting pretty pissed pretty quick. Um, but, I mean, I, we're shooting, you know, right around, you know, 30, 35, 40 yards with it. Um, you know, just getting the kids acclimated to, to their new guns and all. And, um, so I, of course, you know, being dad, I gotta try it out first, right? Right, you gotta make sure it's safe. Exactly. I, you know, cause I did the whole, if this blows up, I want it to blow up my face, not yours. So, you know, which definitely adds to their confidence level, knowing that, you know, this is gonna blow up in your face, maybe. So I, uh, I pull up on it and, you know, center it and, and, uh, I shoot a little bit to the right and, uh, a little bit up. And, uh, I'm like, damn, you know, that, that's pretty damn good, you know, coming straight from factory and, and, uh, what it, it comes with peep sights, which I like, um, for myself. I don't necessarily like it for kids to start off on, um, but like I said, you know, my, we shot that thing all day. Um, my son, he probably put about 50, 60 rounds through it himself. Um, you know, of course, with my help, uh, he is a little guy, but you know, I was right there with him, and uh, he's very proud of his rifle. Um, I believe it was it was featured on um, the Alaska experiment, correct, Corey? Yeah, the first Alaskan experiment, uh, not end of the wild, the Alaskan experiment, but the f- season one, the very first one, the Alaskan exper- experiment. I'm pretty sure that's what those guys were given, and uh, you know, hell, I mean, they're they're killing rabbits and everything else. Um, you know, being with short barrel, um, you know, you're not going to reach out and and get the accuracy, but you know, it's it's a still a hell of a lot better than a you know six and a half inch barrel on a on a twenty two uh, pistol. So yeah, for the price, if, if you're looking for a, a decent little backpack twenty two, or if you got kids, um, you want to get them into shooting, and um, you know, like like I said, you know, the the one my son got, it's got scope package. So as soon as he's comfortable, you know, and I'm comfortable with him. Um, uh, shooting iron sights, you know, we can swap that over, and he can have a you know nice scoped rifle, and you know it'll 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 be a lot of fun for a lot of years to come, you know. And I, I think it's built well enough that it'll be something he'll be definitely giving down to to his kids. So that's pretty much all I got, buddy. Well, that sounds pretty cool. I can't wait to get out and, and get shooting. Uh, something I have not done yet this year, and. Really looking forward to it. I'm on uh, Cricket's website, which mm-hmm. is just cricket.com. 
And they got a lot of different rifles and a lot of different, you know, they have, also have a pistol as well. And, uh, man, these are looking some pretty neat stuff. Yeah, and they also have adult size yeah. now, too. I'm looking at the uh, adult hunter pistol. And you can, uh, the bolt action pistol. Um, and it comes in 22 long rifle, 22 mag or 17 HMR. And it's got a 10 and a half inch fluted barrel. And this thing just looks bad. It has to have, you know, to sit around and, you know, playing targets with. I have to look. It, they don't have prices on here, but, um, which, which, which one are you pulled up? Uh, the hunter pistol cricket. for adult shooters. Yeah, cricket.com. Yeah, and it's, it's Keystone Sporting Arms. I'm sorry, what'd you say again? Cricket rifles. Adult shooters, hunter pistol. The hunter pistol. Wow, that is pretty slick. Yeah. Two and a half pounds. It weighs as much pounds. as my son's rifle. But yeah, check them know. out. It's, uh, Especially if you have a youngster, you know, and getting into the shooting sport, this would be a, a great way to start them off. Did you see the uh, Model 10 shotgun? Uh-oh. Yeah, it's a uh, 20 gauge, two and three quarter inch chamber shotgun. But if you check it out, it it's bolt action. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That would be cool. But yeah, there. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, cricket, they're, they're starting to be the family friendly, you know, the whole my first rifle is, is what they, what they say. I mean, the box has got, you know, a cricket with a rifle on the front, you know, cartoon character, and, you know, my, my son fell in love with it, and, and he loves shooting his gun, so, um, good stuff, you know, get, get those kids involved and get them out, you know, not watching TV and, Get them out doing something else, you know, something that that they can they can be proud of. So, or end it. I heard you have something you want to announce. Yeah, yeah. Um, you always end the show something. Uh, you've got your little catchphrase. Uh, you even lent it to Tim Tay last week, and uh, I'm glad he gave it back. That's you know, really appreciate it and keep it. You said I lend it to him. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was it was just a just a borrow, right? Yeah, just a borrow. So, so I was checking out the website statistics earlier, and um, uh, how Corey ends the show is, you know, stay alive, America. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to the people that aren't in America that are listening to Survival Tech. Um, we have, uh, listeners in the Russian Federation, uh, that's how it's coming up on this, this website statistic polar page, uh, so I'm going to call it the Russian Federation, you know, just like they have it. Um, we have listeners in Australia, we have listeners in Germany, we have listeners in Canada, uh, we have listeners in Japan, and we have listeners in Poland. Um, so I just want to thank all of you listeners that are international um, for listening to us. Um, if you guys can, just please come over and 
you know, join the website. We would love to know what's happening, you know, across the pond, as as they say, um, and get your take on on some of this stuff. You know, there might be some some excellent bushcraft skills that we can learn from somebody in Australia or Germany or you know wherever. So, as Corey tells America to stay alive, I want to I want to tell everybody else, you know, that's out there that that's it's part of the survival tech community that's not on uh, U.S. soil uh, to keep surviving. So that's all I got, buddy. All right. So with that, don't forget to uh, become a member. Post your reforms at www.survivaltech.webs.com. Send us an email at survival.tech at yahoo.com. And don't forget to drop us a line at 206-426-4893. And with that, stay alive, America.